Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, heard Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on PSA.com and the PSA Facebook page. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by PSA, the National Sports Collectors Convention, and Sports Collectors Daily. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, visit sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now, your host, Tom Zappala. Welcome, everybody. You know, this is a new opening because Rico is not here today. He's playing in a golf tournament, well, of course as usual. Is. And Mallory is pots on. I think he's on assignment. I don't know what the hell he's doing. So I asked our good friend, Paul. Borges from PB Collectibles, your neighborhood car store, to come in and jump in. He drove up from Newport, Rhode Island, Paul. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is a real pleasure to be here. How are you doing? I'm good. Things Things are are good. Yeah. School is out, so it's time to concentrate on sports cards. Good uh, for you. So, yeah, all good. We have a great show today. Uh, We're going to bring in, uh, in a second, we're going to bring in our good friends. the Wismans, Chuck and, you know, again, he's, you're going to see what they look like, and then you make the decision. But Chuck and Stace are going to be with us uh, from Wheatland Auctions. Excellent. They've got an auction going on right now. Paul is in studio with us, and later on we're going to bring in Bob Broadwater from Collectibles Insurance Services. Uh, you got to have insurance, man. you got to have sure insurance. Do. But first, our headlines. This one's special to us. Ted Williams Hall of Fame ring brings $444,000 to top the Heritage Auction. The ring presented to Ted Williams upon his induction into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1966 sold for $444,000 Friday night, topping the thousands of items sold over three days by Heritage Auction. It was included with it was the original Balfour box with his handwritten inscription Hall of Fame ring. It last sold for $95,000 in 2012 oh. during an auction of Williams memorabilia held at Fenway. Williams gave a short speech on his induction day, including his hope that the Hall would one day honor players from the Negro Leagues, something that did eventually come to fruition. Williams famously told Bob Costas during a 1990s interview that his early advocacy of Negro Leaguers ranked among his proudest moments in baseball. A tip of the cap to Ted, $444,000 for his ring. For more information, you can go to sportscollectorsdaily.com. Our good friend, Rich Miller, and the gang at Sports Collectors Daily do a magnificent job. Fantastic job. Really. All right, let's bring in our guest, Chuck and Stace. How are you guys? We're doing, doing great. great. So, are you guys? So, so, you guys look, are you, is this the new uh, CNN studios that you guys are in? <laughs> <laughs> this is actually our location. So we are here today at uh, Wheatland Auctions. Um, we have the store set up so that the auction house sits kind of towards the back of our location. And then our retail location is at the front. So Looks fantastic. Looks great. Looks really great. does. Well, listen, you guys, uh, you guys have an auction going on right now that ends Sunday night. Uh, I went, uh, you know, I kind of uh, perused through your auction site. You guys, man, you got, you've got some amazing, amazing idols. The thing that stuck out and grabbed me was this 1953 complete top set. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And then I'm going to let you run with what you have. Yeah, actually, there's probably more sets and mostly complete sets in this auction than any we've ever done. Um, and the 53 is just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful set. Very nice. clean, good, good corners, you know, looks, looks very new, but um, there's a 50, 
three Bowman. There's many other sets from the fifties through the sixties. Jump in, Paul. By the way, is is the fifty three top set? Is it a raw set that came in? Is it graded? It was raw, and we got some of the keys graded. Uh-huh. Uh, the Mickey Mantle is being sold separate, but right before the rest of the set, um, and just some really clean cards overall. And um, we take lots of high resolution scans so people can really get a good sense of the quality and condition. You know, uh, Paul and I were talking before the show started. Um, you guys, you know, you're, you're one of the smaller auction houses, but you always have just a, uh, just a tremendous inventory that goes through your auctions. How do you accumulate your inventory? Are people, is it people walking in off the streets? Is a lot of it repeat business? I mean, because you guys, I mean, some of the stuff Great that you guys stuff. auction off is phenomenal. How, how do you accumulate it? I think, you know, a little bit of everything. I think we try to um, make sure that people know in in our local community and and beyond that, that we're here, that we're here to help. I think we always try and make sure that we're providing good value and really honest service. And I think that is is part of what has has carried us to where we're at. We're in a good um, region of the country, too. You know, I, I really think a lot of the baseball history and the Pennsylvania, New York, northern New Jersey region. Um, just a, a lot of history of baseball, great teams, great collect, collections. And we help a lot of families out. A lot of the, yeah. the things that you see are, are many families. And probably being an auction house that has one of the largest sports card stores associated with it. Which, I mean, we really yeah. are a combination of two businesses yeah. that we opened on the same day years ago, sports card store and Wheatland Auction Services together. We help customers every day, and we even grade cards every day for customers. Good for you guys. It's so funny. We were just talking about it. You know how difficult it is to find good material, you know, uh, to put out in month after month and so forth, or auction after auction. Still, this quality, quality stuff is I mean, still coming yeah, in. It's a tribute to you guys, so great job. You know, Chuck and Stace, I want to ask you, uh, you mentioned that uh, some of the items in the auction is, is a special Kobe collection that you guys are auctioning off. Why don't you tell our viewers and listeners uh, what the backstory is? Sure, yeah. Um, a local collector who had one of the most amazing Kobe Bryant collections I've seen, many, many rare inserts, numbered refractors, and and rookie cards. Um, unfortunately, he was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Oh. He's got young kids. Um, he's selling his collection to help the kids and the family, and we're doing everything we can um, to help them out as much as possible and, um, and, and really just help support his kids and wife um, and, and him and his uh, fight as he's still battling, still getting treatment. Um, so just uh, any, any Kobe Bryant card you – would bid on in this auction is, is going to a great cause. That's excellent. That's great. That's great that, that you're doing know, that. That's, that's what it's all about. Um, tell us about the 1921 Oxford Candy Babe Ruth. Yeah, beautiful card. One I've, I've never really seen before. Um, there's not a whole lot, whole lot out there. Um, it's a caramel card from a caramel candy company from Oxford, Pennsylvania. So we're based in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Oxford, is not too far away, probably 30 minutes away from here, maybe less. Um, and if you're going to find this card, it's probably going to be in this region. It's kind of like the mascot dog food cards that came out of the Philadelphia area. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certain regional brands that are very, very rare. And if you are going to find them, it's probably going to be within within our local region. 
and it's just an awesome, awesome card. It's uh, graded and um, just displays so, so nicely, you know. What a beautiful, I mean, anything Ruth. Yeah, of uh, course. When you talk about Ruth and anything, and to have something as rare as that, what a beautiful piece. Yeah, I mean, that's why, you know, a Ruth card, anything Ruth, you're saying, I mean, right. You know, anything. doesn't lose legs. It never loses legs. It you never know? does. I mean, it's, you know what's interesting? I mean, you can go on eBay and type in Babe Ruth signed baseball, and there's 50 of them, but they all... They all go for huge money. Yeah, they do. Huge money. And he, I mean, so so iconic. I mean, oh, everybody can relate to Babe Ruth, even if you're not into baseball. Um, t- you have a 51 Bowman mantle in the auction? Yeah, yeah. 51 is, is it, Bowman. Is it graded? 51, um, 51 Bowman, um, Willie Mays as well. Are they both graded? Both graded. Great eye appeal. Um, the mantle's graded a PSA 2, and eye appeal's better. I think there's a little bit of staining in the white that caused it to be a two. Um, and then the maze is, I believe, a five off center. So uh, the, the mantle, the 51 mantle, in your estimation, and I'm not asking, I mean, I know it's a guess, but what, what do you think a card like that would go for? Um, right now in this industry, it's such a, a car, rare card you don't see very much that we, we could give you an estimate and it could sell for twice as much. Really? The big collectors just want it, and they know five, ten years from now, it's just going to keep appreciating, as it has been, most likely. Um, and there's certain iconic cards that you just can't find. I mean, a lot of people, whether it's the 51 Bowman or the 52 Topps Mickey Mantle, you just don't run into them much. And, yeah, and the reason I'm asking is because I have a 51 Bowman Mantle, uh, Bowman Mantle, and it's a PSA 2. I bought it, I don't know, five years ago, and the thing has steadily increased in value every year. So it is a, it's, a, it's a hell of an investment. It's, it's funny, though, because I know that you've talked about it before, Tom, is that the 51 Mantle is really Mickey's his his rookie, rookie card. card. It's his, his rookie, rookie card. card. Yep. And it doesn't get the love of the 52 Mantle, high number, card 311. But yet, and, and you're so right about the eye appeal makes such a big difference. Yeah, um, and it's his only. Not only is it his rookie, but it's his only rookie. You know, there's no tops from '51, so yep. it really, truly is an amazing card. And same with the Willie Mays. I mean, that's his true yep. rookie. Yep. We have about a minute left, Chuck. What else do you have? Anything else you want to highlight? Um, a lot of Ty Cobb tobacco cards. We have multiple Redbacks, the Greenback, the Holding the Bat, um, Lou Gehrig Day tickets. There's actually two of them in this auction. Um, multiple Babe Ruths, the sets and partial sets. Would be great for any kind of collector, so check them out. And, you know, one thing we're very proud of is we give back to the community a lot. Um, I I look back year to year, and we look at how much we help a lot of uh, youth programs and organizations, um, and it just keeps increasing. So, you know, the... We, we really are blessed, I think, overall in being able to Absolutely. help support, um, you know, low-income daycare centers to provide education for families, for young kids, for different theater programs, for sports programs. And um, it's something that, you know, is, is a big part of what we do, and we want to continue to help out um, our local region, you know. That's what it's all about. And your website address is? We are www.wheatlandauctionservices.com. This auction will end this Sunday evening, um, start to close at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much, guys. You guys mean a lot to us. You guys have been a great credit to the hobby, uh, and good luck with the auction. Thank you so much. Take care. All the best. Nice to meet you guys.
You yep. too. Take care. All right. Uh, before we talk about some of the great stuff that you have, I got to tell you a really quick, funny story. So, Celtics. I have my Celtics I shirt saw on. it. I noticed it right and away. And Celtics are playing tonight. Because Tomorrow. T- well, no. T- cause we're oh, excuse me. That's playing right. Playing tonight. They're playing tonight. At uh, 8.30. And I called a, a dear friend of mine. I don't know if you know Andy Montero. Now, Andy is a vice president of marketing for the Miami Heat. And he and I and Ellen are very dear friends. He, he is the uh, number two... Uh, on the set registry for Cracker Jack cards. He's, he's got an amazing oh. Cracker Jack collection, and he's also he's got an amazing collection of Cracker Jack memorabilia. Amazing stuff, like original boxes and oh things. Oh, my gosh. Really good stuff. So we've done a lot with him. He's been on the show a few times. I called him up. He says, Andy, I need a favor. I know what it is. I said, I need two tickets for the Celts game Wednesday night. I'll pay for them. I said, it's my grandson and my son-in-law, because it's my grandson's first communion. Oh. It'd be a great first communion present for him and his dad. Really good. He says, no problem. So I called him last week. He says, here's what I can do for you. I'll get you the tickets, and we can waive all the fees, which is substantial. Yeah. You know, service fees. I said, great. Calls me yesterday. He says, hey, I'm going to give you a call. He calls me up. He says, okay. What game do you want them for? The 25th or the 27th? I said, Andy, the game is Wednesday. He says, no, Tom, the game is in Miami. I said, I need tickets for Boston. He says, I can't give you tickets for Boston. He says, because in the NBA now, they have a new agreement. Miami, they can't get tickets, and they... There's no reciprocal agreement. He says, I don't have access to tickets. I can give you beautiful seats in Miami. I said, are you kidding me? Why don't you fly him down? That would be I, even better. Well, that's what he said. Left, you know? I said, it ain't on. happening. Anyways, I was able, I was able, after I hung up, I was able to secure tickets through uh, a friend that has a ticket agency in Boston. I was able to get the seats. But I almost fell off my chair when I, you know, I've been working on it for two weeks, and he says, these tickets for, are in Miami, not oh, Boston. Be beautiful weather. Ah, forget you know? it. Forget it. Oh. All right, Paul, you've got, uh, let's talk about PB Collectibles, number one. Uh, you guys are located in Newport, Rhode Island. Tell us a little bit about the store, The Neighborhood Card Shop. Yes, and more. Uh, this card shop, I told you, I, we opened up in two, 2019, November of 2019. I've been doing this for about 50 years. Uh, and as I mentioned to you, as we look at all the different auction houses, I am always enamored with uh, the gravity of the things that come in because you're always looking for good stuff. Right. So I just grabbed a couple things very quickly, but I think we talked about this one of the other times before. And this is a, a Sandy Koufax autograph ball, but not only the Sandy Koufax, but it has that inscription of the Hall of Fame on it. And, you know, it adds value to it. I just saw Colfax was doing a private signing. He's yeah, uh, yeah, in Los Angeles. That. I think he's like $1,000 for his signature uh, for a private signing. But I love uh, autographed material. It tends to sit a little bit longer than baseball cards. But what I like really about it is that uh, the, um, I like Hall of Famers. Uh, and so we uh, have a good uh, collection there at PB Collectibles of autograph balls, probably over 300 baseballs. Do you really? Yeah. And uh, we have a very small spot 
Uh, but it, it works. We're right across from where uh, JFK got married, so it's historic uh, where he got married. And uh, I brought in Very a nice. couple quick little things. I'll just show you real yeah, quickly. Just and uh, this came in the shop uh, from a former student. Cool. And this very is cool. a uh, picture. This is a ticket uh, to Yankee Stadium. You, you can from, hold this up. You can hold it up. Yeah. From uh, Lou Gehrig, uh, his uh, inaugural first day. He had died uh, the month before. So this is the day that they actually retired Lou Gehrig's number. This is so And cool. I just got it graded. I just got it back from PSA. It got a four. It's a full ticket. It got a uh, PSA grade four. of four. I think it's, it's super, super clean. Really is. Uh, so is historic. Very cool piece. You know, so uh, just an oddball kind of item that just walked into the shop. But you know something? An item like this is, if you're a Luke Gehrig collector, like this has to be in your... Oh, my gosh. Right? I had a, a dear friend that passed away from ALS. Uh, we did a bike ride, so, you know, it has a little bit of, you know, when you see it and you say, Lou Gehrig, you know, you can, we can certainly, in Newport, those that knew my friend Dave Lees, can certainly uh, attest to, to this and, and its significance, so. Do you see a lot of um, modern stuff coming into the shop? Lots of people trying to get rid of modern stuff. Uh, it's they... funny, yeah. It's funny you mention it because I have this other guy, his name's Greg, that works at the shop with me, and uh, we've been spending the last week just... Uh, Recomping all our cards, and not for the better. They have been just falling like a rock. Oh my gosh! I got boxes and boxes of Zion Williamson. What do you do with it? You thought it was the hottest thing, and Luka Doncic. How about know. John Morant? Oh, <laughs> his stuff. You might as well put in the dollar bin. I mean, that's like ridiculous. What's happened to that? They're, that. they're talking that he might get suspended for the year. Next he should. Year. He it's should. Crazy. But you know, again, we've. I know we've we've talked about this ad nauseum, but you just need to be careful if you're a collector. Nothing wrong with modern and ultra-modern, but you've got to diversify your portfolio. It's it so important. You definitely do. But you know what's somewhat sad about the hobby today is that when you see the kids coming in, and it's great, don't get me wrong, but people are buying for the money. Yeah. And they're not buying. Like, I can remember when I was a kid trading Mickey Mantles to fill sets. You know, like, things don't happen I, I the way they are anymore. You know, everything's got a dollar value up to it. And from that side of it, it's a little bit sad. So let me ask you this, Paul. An eight-year-old kid, nine-year-old kid that comes in, is he thinking like that also? I feel that he is. I really wow. do. They bring their parents in. Well, what do you think it's going to be worth? They got their phones out. They're checking comps. They're, well, I, you know, you hear them talking to their parents. Well, I think this is going to be worth this. They're not just buying it for the sake of opening a, a wax box. They're buying it because they think there's going to be something in it. And don't get me wrong. It's great. But it's also sad in a sense. Well, you know, the way I look at it is, <clears throat> listen, I, I'm a collector, and I buy for the love of it. But I also buy for the investment, not investment part of it, sure. but for the value of the card. But the love of the item is, is, takes precedent. You know what no, I mean? There's no it's doubt. Like, like, I bought the 51 Mantle several years ago because I've been... My E90-2 uh, uh, Wagner. Yeah, I bought oh. that card because I love the card. Now, is it appreciated? Absolutely. But I, I can tell you, I have cards that have gone downhill, too. There's no question. You know? you, you, you're going to take some, you're going to get some bumps, but you're definitely going to get some. Yeah, the you just, you, you, for sure. You, you, need, you, you definitely need to diversify uh, the portfolio. All right, listen, Paul Borges is in the house. We are going to take a break. We come back. We got a lot to talk about, brother.
All right. I want to talk about some of the more stuff you have, and I want to talk about the hobby. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, Mile High. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game use bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Okay, we are back, and we are chatting with Paul Borges from PB Collectibles. Um, I want to talk about third 
party grading companies. They seem to be popping up all over the place. You know, it's funny you mention that. <clears throat> uh, I had a friend who actually started uh, one called Diamond, uh, Diamond Authentic back in Rhode Island. And, but I find that now that PSA is caught up, SGC is pumping out cards in two weeks. Right. Beckett is doing a decent job. I don't think the third-party grader, I don't see a bright future for them. I, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying the same thing. I mean, you see, you see them popping up. At, at this, I mean, what is the lifespan of these companies going to be? I can't see it because you're going to put, if you're putting them in for an investment, why would you go to a party that's not even recognized? Uh, I just don't see it being a, a real good value or so a good business plan. Take me through the process, Paul, uh, from your perspective. Uh, somebody brings in 20 sports cards. Uh, 30s, 40s, 50s, ungraded. You want you want them. How do you do it? Like using PSA as an example, what do you do? Send the cards in to PSA. What I do is uh, if uh, we get a lot of raw cards like that. Yeah. And then what I try to, it's very difficult when you're buying raw cards to determine value. Uh, so what I try to do is I use uh, VCP. I also use eBay comps, all different comps. Sure. Uh, and what I try to do is look at them as what I think that they'll grade at. And you try to put a percentage to that, and you buy the cards. And, and uh, PSA has been really good about the turnaround. Been the good. Turnaround is because there was a time I bought a huge collection, a big investment for the shop, uh, a couple years ago. Every set from and you waited a what a year, a year and a half. Yeah, and and you're tying up your money, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you waited and waited and waited. Now I just sent out an order of about a hundred cards to PSA and. I'm going to say probably a month and a half to two months. Wow. I had the cards back. And you want, let's be honest, you want them graded by PSA. Absolutely. I PSA mean, no is the king. I Listen, mean, from, from, again, from an investment standpoint, you're crazy if you don't. But, but, but the third party graders, to your, to your point, I just don't see it as being a good business plan now because of the turnaround times with the big three. I mean, really, I, should, I say the big one is PSA because there's. They're, you know, when you look at what they they probably grade a million cards a month compared yep. to SGC a second at seventy thousand. There's one, and two's yeah, you, right. you know, and two's good, but they're not the one. Uh, there was one other question I wanted to ask before we get into uh, uh, pre-war. Pre-war stuff is still pretty hot. Pre-war stuff is really hot. You, I mean, in my little tiny shop, the the, the little amount of pre-war that you get, it's automatically gone. I have a couple of customers that just tell me all the time, hey, if you get some pre-war, I, I just make a phone call to a few people or send out a couple of texts or email, what have you. It's gone. As soon as you get it, it, it will not stay. I do have about, uh, I was hoping to have it for the show here, but I've got about 60 T206s uh, that are going to be coming in, all graded. They're lower grade, but the green black cob is there. Uh, Again, you know, the lower grade cards, if I was a dealer, I mean, it's the 80-20 rule. You know, 80% of totally. the people that are going to buy your product can't afford to spend a half a million dollars on a card. Totally. Right? Especially for me, a little guy. But I've got people that will buy uh, those cards. So the, I know pretty much or feel very good about that those 60 cards will be gone within two to three weeks. Excellent. What else do you have, Diaz? I, I, I just brought a couple things I just grabbed real quick. Uh, one of my favorite players who definitely should be in the, in the Hall of Fame, Pete Rose. Pete Rose. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, rookie I card, know. high number. Uh, these are good grades, uh, seven and a five. 
Uh, very desirable card, high number in 63. I think he's um, going to get in eventually. But Do you think he gets in I before he, he dies? I hope that maybe That's probably why he's not going to get in. I mean, he'll get in, but not before His he own dies. worst enemy, though. No, no, no doubt. Without question, uh, no doubt. you know, if he had... Well, there's a lot of things he could have done. Yeah. Um, another card that's uh, so, so hot, you cannot keep these. The Nolan Ryan. The Nolan Ryan rookie is one of the hottest cards on them, I think, uh, for the 60s. Yeah. This is a PSA 6. Yeah, this is a nice a card. A beautiful, beautiful card. Nicely centered, presents yep. really well. Um, and you can't keep them. Yeah. Those, those sell better than Tom Seaver or any, I think, any 60s card. This is one of the hottest cards, I believe. And then, I'm not a big hockey guy. I do have a tendency to get hockey. Uh, this is a great one, Wayne Gretzky, Wayne. Uh, both seven and sixes. Um, and those are good cards. I mean, people tend to ask. Uh, I don't get a lot of hockey, but the hockey I get, this is what I want. Yeah. I want the Gretzkys of the world. Um, do you get much in the way of Wagner cards? Again. Um, and that, pre, obviously, I'm talking... Pre, pre-war stuff, I don't get a ton of it. Yeah. I have in my own collection, my own personal collection, I have the Gowdies, the 33s. And to be honest with you, my kids aren't interested in it. I have two children, grown children. Um, one is works for the Knicks, I, I think I mentioned to you. Yeah. And my daughter's a school teacher out in Colorado. They have no... They're big sports people, but they have no... So I'm going to keep like one or two cards, and the rest are going to go away. Eventually. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no. oh, what am I going to do with it? And Absolutely. then, God forbid, something happens to me. They're going to say, well, what do we do with this stuff? Yeah. And sell yeah. it for pennies on the dollar. So I'll just keep it like it's like the Corvette in the garage that comes out on Sundays, you know? That will be about it. We are chatting with Paul Gorgeous from PB Collectibles. Um, some of the other items. Some things that uh, just came uh, in at the Altman show uh, recently were some, uh, I say high-end, uh, higher-end, uh, mid-grade to above uh, mantles. Here's a, a 66 mantle and a 6. You know, very desirable, nice cards. Uh, I've got a 64, 5 and 6s. Uh, I had a 57 that sold uh, at Altman. Uh, here's a 60 mantle, a 68 mantle and a, and a 7. Mantle's the king of the hobby. You know, I, you know it, he's it, the face. We, we had a conversation last week uh, on the show about the, uh, the Mantle card, 57. Not the 57, the, the Mantle cards in general. I don't know if you heard the conversation, but I'm going to ask you this question. If Mickey Mantle had played for the St. Louis Cardinals and Stan Musial had played for the New York Yankees. What a difference it would be. What would the mantle card be worth versus the usual card? I, you know, though, I think, honestly, like the name Mickey Mantle, I mean, how iconic. The name, 500 home but run. But you hitter. don't think that him playing in that market has a lot to do with it in the New York market as it, opposed it, to it, it playing for the Cleveland Indians? I mean, you know, baseball, I feel like of all the sports, baseball has about history, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you look at the history, the iconic Babe Ruth, I mean, really you know, catapulted everything Absolutely. to another degree. And then, you know, all their championships in New York, the pinstripes, the the fabulous players that came up, and this kid named Mickey Mantle, I love the story about his dad, said, you know, when he was crying that, you know, yep. it wasn't working out, and he said, pack your bags, we're leaving. Yep. And um, what a career. I had the pleasure of meeting Mickey Mantle a couple of times, just for a few minutes. Um, but he was, he was very gracious, very nice. Do you know Steve Lane? I, I know of him. Steve has the most incredible mantle. I bought his book. 
Oh, did you? Yeah, he, Steve's got the most incredible mantle collection. Yeah. I just shake my head. Yeah. You know, I mean, he just has some. He's got the very first Mickey Mantle signed baseball oh. in existence. Mickey signed it, I think, when he was 16 or 17 years old when he Fabulous. did just, I mean, just unbelievable. It's, it's just like, you know, I think what really enamored me to the card business in, in the cards in general when I was a kid is just the history of it and to hold something you know an autograph that one of your favorite players like actually touched and signed that's why you know the excitement of it is and I agree me. with you that's why I, I've, I've started to gravitate a little bit towards memorabilia yeah you were saying because I just I like the fact that you know uh, Christy Matthews yeah, signed this yeah you were this. saying how unbelievable or Walter Johnson signed this or Rogers Hornsby his DNA is on this baseball. You know what I mean? I started, you know, now that school is out, I started um, playing baseball by Ken Burns in the shop, you know, as people were coming Great in. Great documentary. Oh, and you wa- I could watch it over and over So again. you, you run history. it in the shop? I run what it in the shop. What a great idea. And uh, people really gravitate. Like, it's it's so iconic. It's just the best. So well done. And like I said, it's... The history of baseball just played out over nine innings. Speaking of which, you're going to be, uh, this coming weekend, you're going to be at Fenway Park. I can't wait. I was there last night for the Red Sox. Got crushed. I saw those seats. Yep. We were in the front row of uh, Fenway. But uh, a bad outing. You know what's funny, though, about the Red Sox, I will say, and I was saying this to another buddy of mine last night, like, I I don't know 80% of the players. Really? Anymore. He just I'm enjoy- I tell you what, I, I, just, I know that they're up and down, but I'm enjoying this team. I mean, they, they have to weed out. They've got to weed out some, some, they definitely some do. dead wood. Yeah. I mean, the Kiki Hernandez exper- experiment Awful. just hasn't worked. And why didn't, I, just not to go on about the Red Sox, but like, why didn't they sign Bogarts? I just don't uh, understand. I, One of the nicest head, guys in baseball. A head scratcher. I just, head scratcher. Because I'll tell you what, I like this kid Alvarez at second base. Yep. You know? So I think I think between Reyes the, was at short last Yeah, time. between uh, who was Arroyo? Uh, oh the, the the new kid. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think the Kiki Hernandez, Arroyo Hernandez duo, you know, uh, it's just not working. You know what's funny? We were watching the game the other night, the Sunday night game, and uh, I don't get the idea of interviewing players while they're playing. Did you kids see- at first base and he's they're interviewing them. I know that. I could a live it. game. I know that. I know How that. is that possible? I, I, yeah, it's I very distracting it. to the team. Uh, yeah, but that's a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, so some of the other items. Any other things? I think I, I brought in uh, just a couple. This is the iconic uh, Mickey Mantle. This is an SGC Which one is one. That? This is the oh. fifty-three. But you know, I know it's a lower grade, but I've gotten a lot of these in the shop. Uh, 53s all seem to be lower grade. I've had PSA as up to PSA fours, but just. Is second it's a great year. Card. It's it's still a really cool, desirable card. And then you know, uh, I, I don't know if you saw the latest documentary. No, on but I, I, you know, here's a well, Reggie I, Jackson. Has that PSA because six. of that documentary has his card spiked? You know, I don't see a huge spike in him. But what I will say is that here's a guy. Okay, um, Mr. October. I mean, right now the way the games go, it's into Mr. November. Who's going to be Mr. November? But I just find that uh, 500 home run hitter. But he, I'd met him a couple times uh, in the times I had with him. He wasn't the most yeah. personal. I'm really looking forward to this weekend, though, at Fenway. You know, Rico, I was, Christy, I don't know if you know this, but Rico was signing, I think, on Sunday. And I, and I think they have him in between. <laughs> 
Poppy and Pedro. Oh, jeez. I think. Uh, so uh, that'll be good. Uh, I'm, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to go this weekend, but uh, that is going to be one great card show. I think that this card show is going to is just going to explode. It's well, going to explode. I mean, again, the history of Fenway Park. Well, you know Park. what they did, though? Uh, Chris, I'll tell you, Chris Costa last week yeah. when he was on. did a great job, by the way. He did. And, and talk about an ingenious piece of marketing. So when you walk in, you're going to walk to your right, in the concourse, that's where the show is. But to get to the other side of the show, you have to walk through a door onto the warning track. I can't wait. Onto the warning track of Fenway Park, so everybody's going to be able to walk on the warning track so through cool. the other door. So when you step in, when you walk on, onto that warning track, just face the ballpark yep. for a brief minute so you can see, you know. Fenway was just a last, magical place. Last night, we, last night before the game started, we walked into the Bleacher Bar. Have you ever been oh, out sure. there? Oh, sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just, I just wanted to stare out at the ballpark. So iconic. You think of all the legends. I have seen, I've seen some memorable games there. Yeah, I uh, bet you have. And I, I can tell you, the, the first game I remember was my dad taking my brother and I, 1959, to see Ted Williams. Oh, wow. And that was just, I remember that. I remember seeing Ted Williams. But then I went to, you know, I went to a lot of playoff games. I was there in 86, uh, the World Series, and 75. There was some good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, it's, it's phenomenal. Uh, are we ready for a break? No? Okay, we're good. Uh, there was one other thing. Oh, you know, we're talking about um, Hall of Famers. And I'm going to make a point. I would like people to write into the Hall of Fame. Jake Daubert. Jake Daubert is one of my great favorite players from the T206 collection. This is a guy that uh, has been given consideration to be in the Hall of Fame. He's not. But if you look at his numbers compared to some of the other guys that are in the Hall of Fame, I am a big Jake Daubert uh, uh, Fan. Uh, advocate. Uh, he's, he was considered to be, uh, to be the best fielding first baseman of the dead ball era. The guy had won two batting titles and had a 303 lifetime batting average, 2,326 hits, and led the league in fielding percentage on three different occasions over his 15-year career. Compared to the first baseman currently in the hall, Daubert has a higher lifetime batting average than 10 of them, wow. had a higher OBP than five, and banged out more hits than 12 of them. So if you compare his overall stats with the likes of Frank Chance... Gil Hodges, taking the power numbers and putting them aside yep. because he played in the dead ball era. George Kelly and Ben Taylor, there is certainly an argument for Jake Daubert to be in Cooperstown Hall of Fame. I'm asking our viewers, do a little research on him, right into the Hall of Fame, because there's a guy that definitely, in my opinion, deserves you, to be in the Hall of Fame. Speaking of the Hall of Fame, just really quickly, is what do you think of the last few candidates that have gotten into the Hall Weak. of Fame. I think they're watering it down. Do, do you feel like it has Absolutely. lost its luster a little bit? Absolutely. I think, I don't know what the, what the issue is, but I do feel that um, it's the inductions, the inductees it's, it are watering it down. There, is, there are some players that just, I don't think, deserve to be in there. I'm not going to mention names. No, of course. You know, but uh, I, there are players that I think are really on, on, the, on the bubble. And the other thing I want to ask you is this about the Hall of Fame. How is it that some of these guys do not get all the votes? They're clear-cut Hall of Famers. You know what I think that has to do with, Paul? I think that has to do with uh, 
personality conflicts with writers. Yeah. You know, like there are certain writers that may have had a bad experience interviewing a player yep. or don't like a player's personal life. And that's their way of making a statement. I think it's inconscionable. Uh, I, you know, who's the guy? You may remember this. Who's the Egan? The guy that was had it out for Ted Williams. Uh, I can't remember his first name. I, uh, his, his last Dave Egan, I think his name was. He crucified, crucified Ted Williams for years. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know the answer. But there, I think there are there are there are writers that just have it out for players and won't vote for them. Yeah. You know who's who's notorious, and I don't like the guy. You you may like him, Shag Shaughnessy. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, you know uh, what's his name? Uh, Dan Shaughnessy is just. Yeah. I call they call him Shank, not Shag. But yeah. Dan Shaughnessy is very biased yeah, as, is. as to who he votes for and how he votes. So, again, uh, I, I do have mixed feelings about it. Um, what's in the box over there? This is just my... I just emptied it out oh, okay. from, the, from here, but uh, just... You uh, do, you, do you do much with um, pre-1900 cards? Like, very little. I mean, very... Like I said, judge, things, things, yeah. very, very, very infrequent that I get that. I, d I have gotten some pre-war, like I said, yeah. and that sells very, very quickly. Um, I, I want to ask you some, some pointed questions, if I may. Yeah, and I, I ask this question all the time. This whole thing about fractional buying, you think it's going down the tubes? Yeah, I do. Do you? I feel yeah, I like, uh, you know, I talk to a, a couple of investors that come into the shop and about the fractional side of things. And like, I don't know, there's so many things that you can invest your money in. And I don't think that's one of them. No, I agree. I totally agree with you. Um, it seems as though a lot of these, a, a lot of what's happened over the last couple of, couple of years, these, these creative marketing <clears throat> things, seem to be petering out some of them, you know? I mean, you know, the, the, the break openings are huge. Uh, you know, uh, uh, our friend uh, Charlie Perino from JRI Cards, yep. Layton, you know, I think they're the pioneers. They're doing a great job. But there are some other things that I think are really, really uh, kind of dissipating uh, as far as the market goes. When it all comes down to brass tacks, what do you do? You buy the card, you sell the card, you buy the piece of memorabilia, and you sell the piece of memorabilia, and you should do it for the love of the game. What's your favorite personal piece? My favorite personal is the 33 Ruths. That you own? Yeah. Those are, those are and uh, uh, 52 Mays. Uh, those are kind of my favorites. I've got the 51 Bowman, but now that I've had, in the last year, I've been very fortunate, I've had five 51 Bowmans come into the really. shop, which for a little tiny shop is pretty cool. So every once in a while, if something comes in, you'll buy it and keep it for yourself. Not as much anymore, to be oh. honest with you. I'm more about, I just move it. Because now I find yeah. it, I find Tom that today that if I really wanted it, I'll just go buy it. So I try to move it. Good and point. you know, if I really, really want it, I'm going to buy it. All right, listen, Paul's in the house. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Bob Broadwater from Collectibles Insurance Services, a very important part of this show. If you don't have insurance, get out of the hobby. Question. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. 
Jared Cavalier and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. If you are a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on their tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport. Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's, the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer, because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned. The highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions, here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 
877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. Okay, we are back, and on with us right now is a really great sponsor of the show. They've been with us a long time. You know, we've been, we've been approached by uh, other insurance companies, and we say thanks, but no thanks. Uh, like the loyalty. Well, no, this, these, you know something? Our viewers and our listeners, a lot of them use them, and they like them. They're in, you know, I use them. Uh, they've, they've never never done me any harm. And yep. They're at the, the national usually, and uh, a good company. So on with us is uh, Bob Broadwater from Collectibles Insurance Services. Mr. Broadwater, how are you? Good, guys. How are you guys doing today? Good. Good, how are you? You know, Bob, you've been on the stage with us at the national. Are you guys going to be at the national this year? Absolutely. Looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be a big part of your business. Um, you know, we, we, we're always hopping, uh, and I know, Paul, I mean, there are a lot of collectors out there that do not have insurance. Oh, there's tons of them. I, 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 it's a head scratcher. It's a he- I have friends that have s- substantial collections. I can imagine. And... They don't think any, they put it on their homeowners. Am I right? Is that what I mean, most how does people that do? Work? Is add it to their homeowners? Um, typically, they're in certain cases they can, but um, typically they're unable to. Most homeowners companies right. don't have an appetite for some of those specialty uh, type risks, and and often, almost always, it's not going to be covered to the full market value. Do, do you think that it's more of uh, an educational thing where people yeah. don't realize? That you can't just add this to your home. Am I correct? I think they do. I think more often than not, uh, there's an assumption that just like personal property, like furniture, it's just included. But uh, these types of things are often excluded. And and if they are, they sometimes have to be scheduled, which gotcha. is, it could cost additional and be more limiting in coverage. I have one question for you that I always wondered about was... Bob, from a standpoint of insuring stuff when you're going to big shows across the country, mm-hmm. how, how is that handled when the stuff is traveling back and forth to different shows as far as from an insurance standpoint? So that type of thing is really what we specialize in. We've uh, Collectibles Insurance Services uh, was founded by collectors for collectors. So that means we understand the, the unique risk beyond just uh, the typical home risk of fire, water, theft. But our product extends the insurance to the shipping and transit wow. exposures. So, you know, that's when that's when most feel they're they're at greatest risk when they're when they're on the road attending a show or, or sending things out that were bought. And it's funny because I always hear that from different dealers that they'll say, "Oh, I'm, I'm never going to mm-hmm. ship. I'm not going to do this." They're dry, and I feel like they're not educated. In Absolutely, it. no. That's you're, you're dead on, Bob. You know, you don't just insure. Baseball cards or sports memorabilia. Why don't you, t- t- you know, tell our audience it's collectibles. What are some of the other items that uh, you folks insure? Yeah, so we've been in business fifty years, and it was originally founded by a stamp collector who wow. saw that that gap in the marketplace, and he was a stamp dealer and started out as a company specialized in uh, the stamp space, and then he evolved into all types of collectibles: art, antiques, uh, sports memorabilia trading cards, comic books, or another uh, 
growing segment. We see a lot, lot of increased valuations. We do, we do antique firearm property. So really anything other than collector cars, uh, we, we really target all those uh, passion hobbyists. And what about deductibles? Our base product starts with a $50 deductible. Wow. And for a dealer, it's, it's a $500 deductible. Now, do you, my collection, do, do you need to touch it to see it yourself? Or how does that work? I have, let's say that I have, uh, uh, I don't know, a $50,000 collection that I want to get insured. Do I need to log everything in, send you a spreadsheet? How does that typically work, Bob? Great question. So a great question. Uh, so the way our product works is it's uh, market value and what we call blanket coverage for any items under 25000 So uh, no, if, if for all those items in the collection under 25000 of individual value, uh, we don't require them to be scheduled. For items worth more than that, we do ask, we do capture a description of the item and the approximate market value. And as far as evidence of ownership, Many folks don't have transactional records uh, still. If they do, great. That's not a requirement, nor is an appraisal. What we ask is uh, pictures of the collection and, uh, and that the... I have a follow-up. Yeah, the pictures of the collection. Often uh, we ask the customers to maintain a list of what they have. Um, will certainly help in any claim settlement process should there be a loss. See, I just learned something. Because I do have, I have a couple of pieces that are worth more than 25000 My insurance is with you guys. I don't think I've ever brought that to your attention. So I need to uh, obviously bring it to your attention, number one. And mm-hmm. you, do you need a, a photo or an image of that item? If you can send us a photo with, it, with a description of that item and the approximate market value, we're always happy to add it to your uh, policy schedule. Ellen, if you're watching, you get on that, please? <laughs> totally space on that one. That always goes to Ellen, huh? Wow. wow. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> She's going to shoot me. Uh, uh, there was another question. I, uh, inflation coverage. Talk about mm-hmm. that. Yes, we offer it as an optional add-on. Really what it does is it increases the limit of your policy 1% a month. Um, continuously to really keep up with that. We saw tremendous growth a couple of years ago, um, and that helped. Certainly, one of the things we ask at Renewal, revisit your limit, take a look at your collection, make sure those align uh, to ensure you're appropriately covered. But we do also have the inflation that should your collection not be changing as much, it does, the limit moves 1% a month. Bob, do you do, you do um, uh, insurance... Uh, for companies, like in other words, a memorabilia company, for instance, have you? Do you guys get into that uh, uh, territory? We will. We'll, we'll insure companies up to a certain size. Uh, we'll insure their inventory, uh, their shipping and transit needs. Very cool. Oh, it really is. I I just find it something that I think many people out there that I know of, just need to be educated on the process. I don't think, I, I just don't out think of they sight, do out of mind. mind. A lot of people just don't think of think, things do to not. do. There's this one, he's, he's like my son. He's, he's got a $150,000 collection. And I'm, Joe, you got to get the stuff insured. I know, well, I know. Crazy you know, not to. I just don't, and I don't, is, it, is it really an easy process? Well, it, it is. Uh, a collector can go online. Uh, collectinsure.com or just Google collectibles insurance services and get a quick and get a quote. 
And um, if a collection's under 50,000 in value, many of the edits are right online and they can purchase the policy uh, right away if they choose. Or above 50,000, an underwriter will reach out and talk with them. Gotcha. But hey, it's a simple process and it, it, it really, it's an education message. It, uh, this, our standalone coverage is often uh, more affordable and it offers better coverage than a typical homeowner's policy uh, for the standalone collection. Hey, Bob, before we let you go, are you a collector? Yeah, I am. I collect uh, actually um, model airplanes. Do you really? Do, really? Very cool. And, Interesting. Yeah, a kind of aviation history buff. You know, when I was a kid, man, I used to, my father used to buy me one of those a week the Ravel, Ravel model airplanes. That's right. Right. Uh, those, those are awesome. Then you know, what, you know what else I was a big collector of, and I still have them? Remember the Monsters, Frankenstein, yeah. the Ravel? I have all of that stuff still. Oh, my gosh. All right, Bob, your website address is? It's uh, collectinsure.com. Great. Thank you so much for the support. Uh, folks, you know, uh, it's, it's, we so don't have important. to say it. Collectibles Insurance Services, get your collection insured. Thanks, Bob. We'll see you down the road. Take care, Thanks, Bob. Guys. Take Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bob Broadwater from Collectibles Insurance Services. Uh, we got a couple of minutes, Paul. Uh, you know, thanks for coming up, man. Oh, yeah, I, I no, appreciate it. We love for, having thank, you. Thanks for having me. You've been a big supporter of the of the show. Uh, and uh, I'm hoping that you you have a great experience at Fenway Park. I, I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah. Just, just to be in Fenway Park, set up at a card show, walking around the Green Monster for a little bit. Uh, it's already worth it. No, I, 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 you, you know, know, and uh, that's why I think it's going to really, really attract a big crowd because just to be there. I'm certainly looking forward to seeing Rico. I'll make sure to go uh, over and see. Rico, I'm I see make sure time. I see Rico. Tell Rico and I said. You know who else I'm actually looking forward to seeing actually is Jose Canseco. Oh, yeah, he'll be there. He'll Jose. Be. Hey, how much time do we have? About a minute left? Just real quickly. So, you know, this, uh, uh, everybody's talking about this uh, 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 artificial intelligence, right? So I guess I just read an article today that they threw out some info through the artificial intelligence, and they came out with the five greatest catches of all time, based on everything, so everything that they is threw May's in. one? You know, no, no, catches. Oh, gotcha. So, but you know, they had Fisk number four of all time. Really? What was the, how did the order go? Uh, order went bench. Yeah. Barra. Campanella. Fisk, and the other guy I, I don't agree with at all. Manny Sangan? No. Gary okay. Carter. Really? They had him number five. Did they yeah, really? Yeah, they had him number five. Would you say that... Oh, they- no, I'm, I take that back. I take that back. They had him sixth. They had the kid, uh, uh, Rodriguez, Ivan. Uh, oh, yep. They had Very him good. five, and then they had Gary Carter. They had six. Is, is, would you say that, speaking of catchers, is Thurman Munson a Hall of Fame? I think he is. You know, I, I've always kind of busted chops with the, the, the Yankee, Yankee fans that he's not, but he's, he's, he definitely deserves to be there. He played, he played a lo- long enough so that he does deserve. And I think Don Mattingly deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, too. Yeah, you know? Donnie Baseball. All right, with that being said, Paul, thank you so much thank for coming Thank you for by, having man. me. We love this having you. Awesome. Uh, to you. our viewers and listeners, if you can get up to Fenway Park this coming weekend, yes. check it out, the Fenway Card Show. With that being said, uh, next week I'm... Who's my co- Oh, Joe Orlando Joe is going Orlando. to be co-hosting with me next week. Awesome. Because Rico is uh, not going to be here, and neither is Mallory. And then after that, we're back in the regular rotation. With that being said, happy collecting.
The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.